CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes. The following program deals with mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. When a woman is raped, the most powerful evidence is DNA. Now that DNA is collected using something called a sexual assault evidence kit, a rape kit. In this exclusive story, W5 reveals groundbreaking research that finds a shocking percentage of Canadian hospitals do not have rape kits on site. Women across the country are forced to travel hours, sometimes by plane or helicopter, in search of a kit. It was a Saturday, and I remember having a super weird vibe that afternoon. Should I go out or should I not? And I think I was like, oh, something good's gonna happen tonight. And then just like that, you disappear from the face of the earth. Gabrielle Doyon Hansen has only flashbulb memories of the worst night of her life. It was February of 2017. She was out celebrating a new job, managing musicians in Montreal. What do you remember about that night? I remember going out with friends. I remember being at a, at a bar um, and having a lot of fun laughing. And then sort of, it just, it just stops. What was the last moment that you remember? I fell. You remember falling? Yeah. I fell and um, somebody picked me up and that was that. Gabrielle thinks the person who picked her up led her to his car. She didn't realize it at the time, but she'd been drugged and so her memory is murky. I do remember being in a car I don't know what, where I am at. And just seeing a park, and it was night, and there were lights. And I just remember being really afraid. Gabrielle woke up the following afternoon in her own apartment. Outside, a snowstorm. Inside Gabrielle's brain, another storm. I knew that something off had happened. I knew that I had to go to the hospital. I could barely walk. I could barely hold my head up. Like, I really took a beating, you know? What are the thoughts that are going through your head about why you need to go to the hospital? I just remembered I need to get a rape kit done. A rape kit, also known as a sexual assault evidence kit. It's used by healthcare workers to preserve evidence of sexual assault. Gabrielle's friends took her to a hospital in downtown Montreal. But what happened next was unthinkable. You walk in and say to the hospital, look, I, I need a rape kit. Yeah. And what do they say to you? They say that they didn't do that there, that um, they couldn't provide that. And I remember that's when I got upset. That's when I was like, what am I going to do at this point? A nurse told Gabrielle she had to go to a different hospital that administered the kits. 
So in a snowstorm, she drove to a second hospital. And just under an hour later, her worst fear was realized. She'd been sexually assaulted. Yeah, I just remember just crying, crying and crying. Gabrielle says the kit confirmed evidence of sexual violence. To date, no one has been charged in the case. That night, he killed me. He murdered me. Gabrielle poured her fear and anger into her writing. He used my flesh for his own pleasure. Gabrielle felt she needed to find justice in some other way. And so she started researching rape kits and realized she was far from the only survivor to be turned away from a hospital. You decided you needed to make change. Yeah, yeah. I invested my anger into something positive because I really believe in that. Gabrielle shared her story publicly and started a petition on the website change.org, a petition to demand that all hospitals carry rape kits. She hoped to collect 30,000 signatures. The petition now has almost a quarter of a million. That's how I met Jacqueline from She Matters. Jacqueline Villeneuve runs She Matters, a Sudbury, Ontario support group for sexual assault survivors worldwide. Gabrielle's story inspired her to look for information on Canadian sexual assault kits, and she found precious little. There was nothing that was concrete that was verified by the government to show a lot of information regarding sexual assault kits. You don't see any listing of where you can access a kit within your community. This was something that is almost a, a secret. It's being withheld from the public. And you decide, along with your team, that you're going to expose this secret by getting to work and calling almost every single hospital in this country. Yes. Jacqueline and a volunteer team created a database of every healthcare centre in Canada that had 24-hour emergency care. Then they started working the phones. Hi there, this is hard to say because I've been transferred many times, but I need a sexual assault kit. Over several months, Stephanie Prue and seven other volunteers, all sexual assault survivors or friends and family of survivors, called hundreds of hospitals. They said they had been sexually assaulted and needed a kit. How many do you figure you've done? Maybe around 200. 200 times you've had to call up and say, Think about that, yeah. I'm a survivor of sexual assault and I need a rape kit. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Stephanie and her fellow volunteers reached 581 hospitals. Uh, hi there. I am they have now compiled the only national data on the availability of rape kits. And what they discovered is astonishing. Each of these dots represents hospitals. The blue dots are hospitals without kits. 41% of hospitals in Canada do not have sexual assault evidence kits on site. The She Matters research is compiled in this groundbreaking report called Silenced. It is the first and only research of its kind in the country. Hi there, I need a sexual assault kit and I was wondering if it's possible to come in. Uh, let me double check. I don't think we do that here, but I'm going to connect you to the triage nurse one second. According to the report, in Ontario, almost 40% of hospitals do not have rape kits on site. 
In Alberta, 45% didn't have kits on site and some had to ask police to supply one. And Manitoba, which has the country's highest rate of sexual assault, also had one of the lowest rates of on-site kits. 52% had no kit on site and some could only administer a kit if police came with one. When you look at your methodology, there's a column that talks about RCMP needs to be called. What issues are raised when that happens? Many of us will understand that in order to access justice, you need to involve the police. But there should be a period where survivors can take time to be able to decide if you want to report to police services. And by bringing in the RCMP, you immediately take away that step for a survivor. Uh, I don't know if we have department here. In some cases, especially in remote areas, survivors had no choice but to travel, sometimes for hours, to find a place that administered a kit. Women are actually being put on airplanes and or helicopters and flown out of where they lived in order to get access to the kit. When you are a survivor, you're already filled with guilt and shame in most cases. And so to be told that because of what you are requiring to access justice, you now have to be transported by aircraft to a larger facility. You may feel as though it's too much and turn back. Back in the late 1970s and early 80s, when police first started using rape kits, they were seen as a breakthrough in solving sex crimes. Here's how it was reported back then. The New York Times called it a powerful new weapon in the conviction of rapists. The Toronto Star called it a rapist catching kit. Again and again, these kits were lauded as a powerful tool in solving crimes that were notoriously difficult to convict. But despite those lofty promises, sexual assaults remain a crime with a shockingly low conviction rate. According to Statistics Canada, just one in 10 sexual assaults end in a conviction. And those convictions often rely on physical evidence. Courts love forensic evidence. Dave Broughton owns Leighton Forensics in Burlington, Ontario, a supplier of crime scene tools, including rape kits. I mean, this is a lot of evidence that's collected during a kit. Yes. Oral samples, fingernail swabs, pubic hair combing, external genitalia samples. Is it all just swabs or are there other components in there? The vast majority all have swabs in them. To do one of these kits is going to take probably about three hours. That long, Two huh? to three hours. Broughton is a former police officer with more than 35 years on the job, including as a forensic specialist. His company provides hundreds of sex assault evidence kits to Canadian hospitals. As a former forensics investigator with decades of experience, What's your opinion on how important a rape kit is for catching a sexual predator? It's absolutely vital. Is it fair to say that it's the difference between a conviction or a possible conviction and someone getting off scot-free? Absolutely. You know, an eyewitness can be mistaken or a witness can be mistaken about something. They can lie about something. But forensic evidence always tells the truth. It tells the truth if it can be collected before it disappears. And since hundreds of Canadian hospitals don't have on-site kits, the travel time can compromise the evidence. How vital is time when it comes to evidence degrading? More time equals more loss. 
the, the more time that passes, the more the evidence more you, you lose. Absolutely, absolutely. Broughton is testing new technologies that will make the process quicker and less invasive, like this smartphone that can detect fluids not visible to the naked eye. A basic kit costs about $80. It contains explicit instructions and diagrams on how to collect all forensic evidence. It requires little in the way of specialized medical training. You're telling me it's cheap. You don't need a lot of training. I'm left speechless on why every hospital doesn't have one of these kits. The sexual assault kit is one of those key components that has to, has to happen before anything is going to go to court. There should be sexual assault evidence kits everywhere. Coming up. I was calling to see if I could come in for a sexual assault kit. Survivors struggle to find help. I couldn't provide the sexual assault kit. When W5 continues. Six hundred kilometers north of Winnipeg, amidst a swath of lakes and trees, sits the Opasquiac Cree Nation, which borders the small town of the Paw. The province of Manitoba has Canada's highest rate of sexual assault. New research suggests 41% of Canadian hospitals do not have readily available rape kits, but in Manitoba, that number is 52%. And when the victim is a minor, accessing the kits is even more difficult. I couldn't believe that this child couldn't be examined immediately. Amanda Laughlin is the first Indigenous woman to be elected to Manitoba's Legislative Assembly. For her, this issue is not just political, it's personal. A young relative was raped on the reserve here in August of 2019. Can you tell me what happened? We went to the hospital. Uh, that's when we learned that they cannot do a sexual assault examination on children, that we had to go to Winnipeg to the children's hospital to have that done. So we had to be flown out. Amanda Laughlin was dumbfounded. Winnipeg is a six and a half hour drive or a 90 minute flight. What was her reaction when she was told, you're gonna have to get on an airplane and fly to another hospital to get this test? She started crying and she became angry. She said, are you serious? She took off out of the examination room, um, the ER, and basically said, forget it, I'm not. Amanda managed to convince the young girl to make the flight, which didn't leave until the following morning, another day that she couldn't take a shower. What was that flight like for this young girl? It was her first flight. The poor child, uh, vomited the whole time and it was just sad because the child said I knew I would be on a plane soon but I thought it would be for a vacation not for this and that just broke my heart because she had to fly to a hospital more than 30 hours had elapsed between the assault and the exam there's perhaps families that have tried to go through the process but stopped as soon as they were informed that they had to go to Winnipeg who knows how many families stopped at that point. Um, that we don't know. What we do know is Canada's Justice Department estimates that almost 80% of sexual assaults are never reported to police. In this case, a man has been charged and is before the courts. The Honourable Member for the Paw County Sack. 
MLA Amanda Lathlin is also the NDP critic for the family's portfolio. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I move seconded by the Honourable Member for Thompson. Lathlin introduced Bill 213, which demands the Manitoba government provide funding to train nurses in northern Manitoba to conduct sexual assault exams on minors so they don't have to travel the way her young relative did. Madam Speaker, we are talking about children here. Currently, in northern communities, only adults have access to sexual assault kits. That means that if a minor reports a sexual assault, they must leave their communities and fly to the Health Science Centre in Winnipeg to receive care. Will the minister commit today to investing in more resources for underage victims in sexual assault in the North? In a statement to W5, a Manitoba government spokesperson writes, we look forward to continued debate of Bill 213. Our ultimate goal is to improve care and support for victims of sexual violence in Northern and isolated communities. There needs to be more respect for our children here. We need to have these services here. Because just imagine if a child is not examined, it's done, they, they go back and try to forget. Well, their mental health is going to be consumed. Depression, perhaps suicide. Indigenous women in Canada are three times more likely to be sexually assaulted. It's a statistic Dr. Latif Murji knows well. I do see a mix of Indigenous patients as well as non-Indigenous patients. And I see the health disparities that uh, are quite noticeable in these northern communities versus in the urban communities that I trained in. Dr. Latif is a Toronto physician who spends half his time working in remote northern communities. I was working in the ER and a woman came in that night who had been sexually assaulted. And it became clear that I couldn't provide the comprehensive care that involved that sexual assault kit, and I had to communicate to the patient that it was multiple hours away, and that would be the closest place she could have access to that kit. It must be frustrating for you to know that there is this tool out there that can help you help a woman, and, and you can't even get your hands on them. We need to demand that this is important. As advocates, as physicians, and as citizens, it's everyone's responsibility to advocate with women and the most effective way to achieve equity is through public policy. W5 contacted every provincial and territorial government in Canada for an explanation why every hospital does not have rape kits. Most provinces and territories suggested their current funding and access were satisfactory. In Ontario, where almost 40% of hospitals do not have kits, the health ministry said, Hospitals can apply to the Centre of Forensic Sciences to have a supply of these kits on hand, and that it's the responsibility of individual hospitals to meet the needs of the people they serve. So if it's the hospital's responsibility, why don't they have them? Well, the Ontario Hospital Association ignored repeated requests for an answer to that question. Advocates have told W5 that the issue is lack of funding for staff and training to administer the kits. For sexual assault survivor Stephanie Prue, it's not just about having kits on site. It's also how hospital staff treat those who need a kit. Uh, hi there, I was calling to see if I could come in for a sexual assault kit. Just listen to how she's spoken to by a nurse when she called posing as a recent survivor as part of her research for the report, silenced. Who's it? Uh, I'd rather not say my name. 
Uh, you have to phone the RCMP because I don't have the case. Okay, would you be able to call for me if I were to come in? Uh, no, you have to call yourself and they take a statement and then they decide, like, when did it happen? Sorry, what do you mean the RCMP has to decide? Uh, you have to phone the RCMP, they take the statement, then they phone me, then they bring you and the kid down here and then we do it. Conversations like that one again and again have taken their toll on survivors who called hundreds of hospitals to compile the She Matters report. At one point, I had to stop making calls and I had to tell my team I need a couple weeks. To explain to her team why she needed to stop, Stephanie Prue recorded this video. I have been on the phone for two hours trying to find somewhere to go. I realize that this isn't actually happening to me right now, um, but it somehow feels like it is. Each of these survivors have had to find their own way to cope with reliving their trauma. For Gabrielle Doyon Hansen, it's music. I want to find this peace of mind. Gabrielle was sexually assaulted in 2017. She was turned away from a Montreal hospital because it didn't have a rape kit. Shape shifting, cracking like a bonfire. The last thing she wanted was to expose her story so publicly. But it's generated hundreds of thousands of signatures on her petition, and it inspired the groundbreaking She Matters report. Gabrielle says the personal price was worth it. It's literally you have to fight for your right for health care and justice. You gotta have to give a little bit of yourself because you want the bigger picture to change. The report, silenced, is now being delivered to every provincial and territorial government in Canada. To see how many hospitals have rape kits where you live, you can read the entire report on our website, w5.ctvnews.ca. You've been listening to CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes.